0: Service.
1: Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina
2: Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media,
3: March fifth, on the Best Show Ever podcast.
4: You're tuned in to The Show on the Road, a new podcast where I interview songwriters, band leaders, and musicians from around the world. My name is Zach Lupertin. This week on the show, my conversation with a fearless, fleet-fingered string band who is adventurously advancing the high, lonesome sound of southern bluegrass to great acclaim, not from the swampy states where it's known best, but from a lakeside folk hotbed that has become the cosmopolitan music mecca of Canada, Toronto. Ladies and gentlemen, the slogan Ramblers. You guys may not be aware of this, but Canada, despite being right there above our heads the whole time, is a different musical universe. Sure, me and my seventh grade girlfriend's song was one week by Scarborough Ontario's Bare Naked Ladies, everybody knows them, but overall, headliners and stars in Canada can safely stay up there with their free healthcare and their kind, loyal fan bases, and never really need to journey down here to the States much. This is a big territory, and they tell you that you have to play from Austin to Boston and break every major market, but you know what, maybe that's an old-school way of thinking. Maybe staying more regional and going to where your fans really are, maybe that's the new way of touring. Look at a band like the Canadiana Heroes Blue Rodeo. Most folks in the States probably have no idea who I'm talking about, but in Canada, they're big. They've been releasing records since 1984, and they'll play the Lady Gaga slot at some of Canada's biggest festivals. Man, do they have some fun festivals. I've been lucky enough to play some of the bigger folk fests in Winnipeg and Calgary and Vancouver Island. We even played a super strange country music throwdown in Nova Scotia. They really mix their stew with different flavors than us. Most of the people working these festivals are all volunteers, and all of the bands and all the artists... They eat and they hang out with the volunteers. No one is given special treatment. It's kind of amazing. And on the main stages, under the brightest lights, they do not bow down to whoever has the most Instagram followers, whoever has their own fedora line or maybe their own TV show. They'll put string bands like my guest Slocan Ramblers with unknown Inuit throat singers, pair them with hip hop jazz experimenters and African drum ensembles and weird folk soul brass bands like my band and they'll expect everyone to workshop with each other's songs and blend together, and it's terrifying and amazing, and we would never do such a thing in our star-crazed need-my-own-space-festival circuit here in the States. What I'm saying is Canada is its own ecosystem. It nurtures and promotes its artists and bands no matter what they play. It was pretty cool to see the Slogan Rambler's newest string odyssey, Queen City Jubilee, featuring a lovable zombie on its painted cover, be nominated to the Canadian equivalent of the Grammy this year, the Juno for traditional Roots album. I had previously played a show with these guys in a futuristic Star Trek-looking hall in Oregon, but I got lucky when I saw them swinging through Southern California recently, and I had got Frank, Adrian, Daryl, and Alistair to get cozy around one mic with me. Not gonna lie, I had my salty American humor test these charming lads a bit, Make sure you stick around to the end where we hear them doing a musical experiment or ask them to respond to highly offensive cards against humanity prompts and things go crazy. In the end, having these guys over for pizza and bluegrass around one mic is exactly what they were born to do. Sometimes simple is best, stacking their harmonies and flinging their banjo bass guitar and mandolicks into the stratosphere, asking us listeners to hold on for dear life. If the music is a bit jarring when it comes in, It's because, you know, old-school bluegrass is about the most rock and roll thing you can hear in person. Super glad I got them to record before they played in a saloon across town here in L.A. Here they are now, the Slocan Ramblers. You guys just came in from Canada. Tell me who you are. Go around the mic.
1: Yeah, we're the Slocan Ramblers here. Just kind of flew in all bleary-eyed from Toronto. (laughs) Uh, This is Adrian Gross, mandolin player over here.
5: Alistair Whitehead, I'm the bass player.
2: Daryl Paulson, the guitar player.
5: And
3: Frank Evans on the banjo.
2: I was trying to ask you
4: guys about previous times you have been through California, and there was a bit of uh, a situation <laughs> at a hotel at a bad part of town yeah. here in LA. <laughs> it was involved it was, maybe some gunplay and some, some police.
5: It was it was all of, like more entertaining because. We were talking about the juxtaposition of we had played a really nice gig the night before, uh, which put us up in a very nice hotel in a part of Santa Monica and got like champagne when we checked in and we're feeling pretty good about ourselves. But uh, yeah. reality this is like kick- LA's life. I know this yeah. is the LA For life, everybody, you know. Right? Yeah. And then the next day, reality kicked in, and uh, we had to book our own hotel. So being the frugal people we are, we booked something much more in our budget range and uh, showed up to a very different hotel. And we're there for all of 30 seconds before, I think, the DEA showed up and kicked down somebody's door in the hotel room uh, below us and uh, pulled him out (laughs) in handcuffs. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, guns out and everything. It was like
2: an episode of Dog the Bounty Hunter.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we, yeah, it it was like, oh, here's east side of LA versus the west I don't know if the whole east side is very different from the west side but from our experience the west side is pretty, pretty swing east side is like how dare you I, we, had fun, to be honest, we had a lot of fun there we <laughs> yeah, had like the yeah we had some great meals and, yeah, yeah it was a pretty awesome spot nice and, to walk uh, around yeah and the food was a lot cheaper and, yeah. a, lot, and a lot better so yeah. there you
4: go we just gave you some of our finest West Side pizza. Yeah.
1: That was, it hit the spot. You yeah, know, yeah.
4: it was slow, it was mediocre, yes. but uh, it got the job yeah. done.
3: Filled the hole. Filled back. the hole. Yeah.
4: Is, there, is there, like, an East Side-West Side divide in Toronto? Like, is there... For a- sure. Oh, yeah, yeah,
3: definitely. There's the, the Don Valley, which kind of divides the city in half. And I grew up in the East Side of Toronto, and so a lot of people I know who... Uh, the west side is definitely, I have to admit, even coming from the east side, the west side is where all the uh, cool stuff happens. Slowly changing, but there's there's a lot of fun things that happen on the west side. But um, I always grew up with, with people who you know had lived in Toronto their entire life and had never made the trek out to the east end. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, It's a whole part of Toronto. That yeah. It's got a lot of fun things going on, but uh, Pretty good. yeah, it's definitely a divide. I
4: remember taking a family trip to Toronto uh, and you know going by the lake in the summer and some of the girls were topless, and I was, like, pretty pumped about Canada. What part of Toronto were you? I was like, <laughs> <Yeah>. Canada's really <laughs> great. Like, I think I should move here. Yeah, yeah. There's <laughs>
1: other reasons, but, you know, that's... Actually, one of my close friends, actually, he's a, he's a great guitar player, a fellow named Ben Wright, plays a man called the Barrel Boys, the Bluegrass Band. It was his dad from Guelph, Ontario, and his dad was a lawyer who represents... So a woman went topless in a store in Guelph. This was, like, maybe in the early 90s or 80s. And then she got in trouble for arrest or whatever, and then she put up a fight and said, it's my right to do this. And it was one of my, one of my close friend's dad. That was a lawyer that took it all the way to the top, and then eventually they just, yeah, that was the law. You were allowed to go topless. So you can thank Ben if you see him. <laughs> yeah, 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 nicely
5: done. You did it. Yeah.
4: <laughs> so what, is, uh, what does Slocan mean? Where is that from in Canada?
5: Um, <clears throat> so the Slocan Valley is actually uh, a region in the interior of British Columbia. It's a pretty kind of remote region. In the southern interior and i spent all my summers growing up there and uh, spent a lot of time out there that's where my granddad lived and uh yeah when we were putting the band together we just kind of started out uh playing bar gigs in toronto and at that point it was just we were all getting into bluegrass and didn't really have you know big plans for the band to be a, a big touring act and i was reading a book about uh there was a big silver mining boom in that region in the like late 1800s and there was all these crazy stories about kind of Wild West, people killing each other over prospects and blowing up trains and stuff. Well, and you do that in Canada, too? Yeah, we do. It's <laughs> true. Yeah, it's universal. Um, yeah, so I was just kind of... The, the aesthetic and the themes kind of fit really well with kind of the music, and at that point, uh, yeah, we decided to name our band after a, a little-known remote region in British Columbia where uh, I'm the only one that's from, but it's, it's called the Slocan Rambler, and the Slocan Rambler is actually the name of an old silver mine that's not too far from my parents' house.
0: Hmm.
4: Yeah, I feel like... Like my band, Dust Bowl Revival, there's probably a lot of Rambler bands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Have you played shows with other Ramblers? Like oh, yeah. Rambler Bill? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well
1: it's funny, we seem to get like um we've been called the Slowcan Rangers before. I feel like Ranger and Rambler seem to yeah. be pretty interchangeable. So we've Rumblers. Had, yeah, the slow can Rumblers, mm-hmm. Slowcan r- Rangers. And then uh, I think I was yeah talking to some other bands who have the name Rangers in their band, and they said they had the exact same thing. They get called the Ramblers, <laughs> like whatever. Like you know, just interchange the name, and it all kind of works. They put us uh, at one
4: point in Wikipedia as Dust Hole Rebellion. Yeah, yeah.
1: God, where does that come from? <laughs> Dust Hole. Dust Hole. I don't even want like, yeah, to. podcast. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, it's not G rated. Dust <laughs> yeah. Hole oh, Rebellion. Rebellion. Yeah, just it, rebellion. yeah, it's just had too much. Yeah, Rebelling you can't live it. under those conditions anymore.
4: You gotta yeah. explain to me the the cover of your newest record, <laughs> yeah. Queen City Jubilee. Uh, imagine in Radio Town, uh, they have this album cover that is the beautiful city of Toronto, sort of sprouting out of the wilderness to the right, and then what I think is a zombie in flip flops, <laughs> yeah. sort of walking away from Pretty
5: the good. city with a banjo. Band.
3: Yeah, um, that's uh, that's a, a little piece of artwork that I had fun painting and. Um, oh, you painted it. I did. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. So I, I used to be really into graphic novels, and uh, I I even did a school project where I made a graphic novel, um, and used to be uh, you know quite practiced at drawing, but uh, just like music or anything else, the less you practice it, the <laughs> less um, able you are to manipulate it in two ways you want it to be. So we had talked about doing an album cover. And uh, and the thought came up that maybe I should take a stab at it or something like that. And so I basically uh, locked myself in my room for about three to four days and uh, started painting these things and had a fairly large canvas and a couple different canvases to work with. But, you know, what I had pictured in my mind was this very jovial sight of someone kind of <laughs> dancing on this mountaintop with these fireworks in the back because the album's called Queen City Jubilee. <laughs> And uh, what came out was not quite the same thing. He's a a little more apocalyptic and, as you described it, kind of a zombie. He's very pale and skinny and frail. And uh, so then at that point, I decided to just go with it. So I put some, you know, polka dot underwear and some flip flops and off to the races.
4: Yeah, the flip flops are my favorite (laughs) 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 It's like he's not going fast. No, no. Like he's just like, he's got the banjo. He's kind of moseying away from town. Yeah. As zombies
3: do.
1: Yeah. 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 Post-apocalyptic Toronto, you gotta, you gotta lean into it, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah he's he fully embraced so. the, uh, the situation he's in. People, he's by in the a
3: jubilant time of his own. Yes, yeah, yeah. he's having yeah. his own
1: jubilee. I will mention that whenever someone comes up to me after this. This is Adrian here speaking. I'm not the artist, but... Uh, people always ask me about it, I mentioned that Frank, our banjo player, did it. Literally every single person says, oh, is that an autobiography? Is that a self-portrait yeah. of Frank? Right. So I'm going to let you take that. I don't know.
5: <laughs> I we don't know. Can... Well, we'll find out. Yeah, <laughs> <exactly>. Wait, <We're laughs> <about> 25
2: years?
1: <laughs> I'd say. Do, you, we'll own 10. do you, give, you own flip-flops? Give it 10. Do you flip-flops? I do. Oh, yes. uh,
5: there you go. First
4: step. There wasn't resentment that you put a banjo player on the cover and not mandolin? Or uh, that's guitar. a good question.
3: You know, I've drawn a lot of banjos in my life, so uh, i Figured that was a safe bet. Mandolins, they're tough to, you know, getting the scrolls right and everything like
1: that. Yeah, I don't know. So. Uh, Listen, if I draw a painting, I can put whatever I want on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Frank Drew, he can put whatever the hell he
2: wants on. Yeah. What is the bluegrass scene in Toronto? Uh, it's good. It's like There's usually like a weekly gig every night of the week, and um, it's kind of moved around a little bit, but there's a lot of good bands, and there's a lot of people to play with, and it's, it's pretty surprising. I think a lot of people don't realize how much bluegrass there is in Toronto, really. Like, they're always pretty surprised when... Kind of mentioned like there's like four or five bands like that, kind of go at it. A friend of mine who
4: recommended uh, you guys to me, uh, Devin, who does PR up in Pacific Northwest, you know, likes to preface you guys as dance hall bluegrass, you know, and not like the reggae. (laughs) Thank God, none of that disco. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. New angle, all all different. Well, it's funny because there seems to be this odd. impulse in a lot of the bands myself included trying to like shy away from just saying we play bluegrass yeah. and it's always like oh but actually we play gritty dance hall yeah right. exactly <laughs> <laughs> like like please be interested in us yeah. Yeah. whereas like what you guys do with surprising you know purity is some really great traditional fast as hell picking you know you. and beautiful harmonies in the way that maybe the Clinch Mountain Boys and some of those guys were doing initially, and you guys were doing Appalachian sort of string band yeah. jams early on. Mm-hmm. Tell me about how that type of music, which is a very sort of Southern American thing,
1: blossomed in your consciousness up north. I mean, we all kind of have different stories of how we got into it, but I think the one interesting thing, like like you mentioned, and we noticed this too, is like, I know a lot of bands that are from like the Southeast, like, the Appalachian area, like, people that are from, like, Appalachia, like, real bluegrass country, and a lot of them, their whole MO was to, like, take bluegrass and then do something really different with it. I feel like for them, bluegrass is just, like, this, like, back, like, it's what they grew up with, and they're so used to it that the whole idea for them is to, like, take it and try to do something really wide open with it and change it up a ton. For us, it was almost the opposite. Like, we grew up playing all sorts of music, Um you know, Frank... Grew up playing old time since he was a kid. But even old time is pretty different from bluegrass in its own way. Yeah, we all grew up doing different stuff. So I think with this band, it wasn't that we all grew up playing bluegrass and wanted to break out of it. It was that we all grew up doing everything else and Mm. wanted to play bluegrass. Mm. Like when we got together as a band, the idea was we'll have like a weekly gig. And we'll just learn classic bluegrass tunes every week. And just try to do that as well as we can. Because we just love those records. And it's just, you know, fun, life-affirming music. <laughs> As you know, it's just like feels really good to play it. So mm-hmm. that was kinda how we came into it. And then of course, like we start doing our own thing. We start writing, we start all the different influences that we have inevitably come in, you know, conscious or not, and we kind of roll with it. But uh but you know, I you know, it's just it's a bluegrass, man. Like, people will ask what we do, and it's like bluegrass, there's a strong old time influence, there's folk, there's roots in there. But you know, most of what we do, like if you don't know bluegrass, like I would say our show definitely sounds like a pretty straight up bluegrass show. If you're really into bluegrass, you'll probably see that there's other stuff going on there, but yeah.
4: Yeah, and, and, and you have, you know, the mandolin, guitar, upright bass, banjo. Yeah. Uh, you know, and s- does anyone play fiddle? No, fiddle. Yeah.
1: Frank's a killer Kleinheimer banjo player, yeah. so once you started bringing that into the band, it yeah. kind of opened it up, and all of a sudden, right. all this old-time stuff started to come out, and some folkier stuff started to come out. Um, that was kind of a big, I think, it, you know, influences the sound a lot. Anyone who's not playing full-time, just, like, those influences stay with mm-hmm. the band.
4: That's why I think, like, it's been funny seeing these festivals, you know, like... You know, we played Del McCurry's festival in Maryland, Dell Fest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the the Travel McCurry's and, and Del Dell that just played this just makes you smile type music. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. Super traditional, super old school. Mm-hmm. I mean the guy was playing with Bill Monroe. Yeah, you right. know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he has all these hippie kids all around <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah. And, it's so and weird. then bands like us playing funk folk, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like totally cool. Yeah. But also like there's not that many people actually doing the real shit. Yeah. You know? It's like, where's the yeah. where's the pure stuff from the young people? And you guys, I think, are a great example of keeping that going and elevating it in a, a new way, you know?
3: Yeah, there's, there's tons of little nuances to build upon it that I find, like, every time we record a record, there's just new... Even with just the like the feel that we play with, there's just new stuff that all of us stumble upon that kind of um, excites us all. Like whether it's you listen to a new record that has the same instrumentation that we've been playing, we've been playing as a band for almost eight years or something like that, and still there's like you know you'll listen to a record that has the same instrumentation as you guys playing almost the same material, and there'll be these new little feels that you that you rediscover, and it's just this kind of endless possibility of you know kind of rhythmic patterns and tonal patterns mm-hmm. to play around with and it's uh, it's exciting for us to just kind of keep diving deeper into that realm and trying to uh, you know however minute it is like trying to expand it and, and understand it more
4: there's yeah, sure huh? there's this uh, this track on your new newest record called Hill Climb Hill to Climb Hill to Climb yeah and um, it has this refrain give me six minutes give me six minutes mm-hmm. If an asteroid was about to hit <laughs> Toronto, just Toronto, let's just say it's like, you know, it's coming straight for the CN Tower. Right. You, know? yeah. uh, you had six minutes in Toronto, what would you do?
1: i like, well, I probably
5: just leave town. Yeah, <laughs> you can't get uh, traffic though, man. Traffic's screwed. bad. I'd like, what's your bunk. favorite
4: thing to do? Like, what's like the spot? Yeah. Would you get your favorite sandwich? Would you like? Oh, I
1: probably gonna jump in the lake. feel Parmesan sandwich from Batondos. Batondos.
3: oh yeah, yeah. They share
5: Batondos? That's a pizza shop. There's a
3: great. There's. I'd probably go straight to the pool hall, which is right <laughs> around the corner from house. It's a place called the Annex Pool Hall, which has been there forever, <clears throat> and you can get three dollar cheeseburgers and uh, play a game of for $3 an hour or something like that. Uh, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. There's uh, lots of good spots in Toronto.
5: I think I'd hit El, El Asador which is the target <laughs> spot just up the street and get a little burritos and papuzas probably 10 margaritas <laughs> Yeah. Call it a day. No, a, yeah, I live <laughs>
1: right next to a river I'd probably take my mandolin go right down by the river like I often do day off often just play some tunes and uh, watch the world end and uh, you know. You get a good view from there. I get a good view and you know hopefully you know, Alyssa's somewhere far away <laughs> so, like, uh, <laughs> Yeah.
5: Yeah, <clears throat> there you
1: go. And I guess then we, you know, we might just be able to if one of us lives, they can compare that experience to the album cover, which would yeah. be nice to see if exactly. it really does That'll line up. Frank will be on the hill. Dan's flip.
3: I orchestrated the whole thing actually. <laughs>
4: uh. Yesterday I went thrift store shopping, and in this pair of Levi's, there were six hundred dollars in Thai currency. Bot Thai bot. Interesting. Now I thought six hundred dollars was going to be a lot. Ends up only being twenty five U S dollars. But yeah, nice. it was exciting good. for it's five still minutes. Like like Thirty five Canadian, you know. My so question in your travels: What is the coolest thing that you found and/or have been given randomly? That's a good
3: question. Oh man! Yeah. Oh, man. oh, oh <laughs> Heavy <laughs> questions.
2: Yeah. yeah what we we were in Seattle, yeah. and then we went to Bop Street yeah. Records and found some pretty old pretty good at old bluegrass records that were in like mint condition that I've never really seen anywhere else. Which but, records? Uh, Manzanita, Blake and Rice, um, a couple bluegrass album bands, and a David Greer record. I got a I'm the guitar of... player, by the way. <laughs> yeah.
5: yeah, I found a bunch of really nice, like, good condition uh, John Harper records that I've been looking for a long time. Yeah, that's like I got this shirt in Colorado. There you go.
1: There you go. Yeah. Thrift Shop finds are good. Yeah, like just big, weird, ugly sweaters uh, for very cheap amounts of money. Yeah, small-town thrift shop. I feel like in Toronto, all the thrift shops are just, like, picked clean instantly. Mm -hmm. So you find yourself in, like, middle of nowhere.
4: Do you guys coordinate your uh, stage outfits before you play (laughs) on an important show?
1: No. Uh, Uh, We try to look nice for... Oh, I remember in the UK, I found a great pair of leather shoes for seven quid. (laughs) At the charity shops. At the charity shops. charity shops. That was a great find. And I wear them,
5: I'll probably wear them tonight. Yeah. The UK charity shops are next level, I think. They're, like... The thrift store thing here, but you can find some, like, really nice old vintage, like, tweed jackets and, yeah, leather shoes. You found a nice pair of shoes. Yeah, think those are good ones. I got did a pair of skis on the last tour. That oh, yeah, I also got a free pair of skis. That was pretty sweet. Yeah, nice touring skis. Yeah, those were great to have in the van, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. the guys, <laughs> yeah. guys were so happy about
4: it. Do you guys typically go in one van? <coughs> yeah.
5: yeah.
3: Yeah, always, yeah. Well, the
4: fold-up Chadwick Base is key for that. Yeah, when we first, sure. our
3: very yeah. first tour that we did, we um, <clears throat> flew into Vancouver or Victoria? Yeah, Victoria? The West Coast. We are doing a West Coast Canadian yeah. tour. And uh, we had a very little idea how to organize that entire tour. Um, <laughs> and so we rented a car that I think was probably advertised as bigger than what it actually was and it was as cheap as possible and we ended up Jeep with this Compass. Ford or Jeep Compass which is basically just an SUV and mm-hmm. we had a four cylinder base and merch for like th- four weeks of touring and stuff like that and so it's
4: a cozy ride oh we quickly gosh.
3: found out that that was not going to work so we had to buy a Thule and we put the sort of the roof rack on got some stuff up there and the tarp
1: over the Thule and the all tarp all t-shirts yeah, yeah, yeah. are up there yeah yeah
3: yeah <laughs> we had to tarp it and everything and we, we made it actually a good ways we made it through like a crazy lightning storm that one but there was one pass that we did from Merit to Hope, and uh, they tell you to gas up before hitting the pass, and of course, I don't, we either didn't see the sign or we neglected the sign, yeah. and, uh, you know, we were driving up, and we could just watch the uh, the gas meter kind of going down. You could physically yeah. see it, you know, you're flooring the, the gas, and it's like maybe going 80 kilometers an hour, so yeah. whatever that is, yeah. 50, 60 miles. Um and uh, we did run out of gas <laughs> and had to pull over. We we coasted in neutral for as long as we could. Yeah, this no. powered steering eventually shut off. We had to <laughs> sketchily make it to the side of the road, hitchhike into town, get some gas, come back.
2: But we it, were about a kilometer away from hitting the so gas So close. That's how close we. Like, oh, did you got. actually hitchhike? Like thumb out? How yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, And yeah. The, basically, like it happens so often. This like second person like pulled over He's like ah, oh, you guys screwed up. I don't yeah, yeah. In, you
3: know? it's the past where It happens. I guess yeah. so. People were aware. Yeah. but uh, that was like okay we need a bigger vehicle yeah. next time I mean later yeah later. it was
1: obviously the vehicle's fault we the <laughs> <like, for laughs> gas sure. on the road I mean there's no way we could take responsibility the gas tank wasn't big enough yeah <laughs> it's a gas tank issue
4: I mean it is crazy that like our parents would use hitchhiking as it's like the Uber of their yeah. day yeah. you know yeah. but like mm-hmm. for like 400 miles they'd yeah. be like I need to get from New York back to Chicago for sure yeah, I'll just hitchhike. Yeah. Not an issue. You know? I do remember
3: you were asking about things nice. that uh, we'd been given on the road. And I do remember, as I, this isn't with the band, but I did a, a bicycle trip with uh, my good friend. We cycled from Toronto to Montreal. And on the way back, uh, one of our tires blew and we were hitchhiking and no one was picking us up. And I, this was my first time hitchhiking ever before. And uh, so this very nice couple picked us up. But I remember when they dropped us off, they gave us 10 bucks and a hatchet and that's what it was like take care that's of yourself that's a very guys. east coast like, thing yeah 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 ten bucks There's in a hatchet, bucks and you you a hatchet for whatever you need it for they yeah. handed you
1: a hatchet they gave me a hatchet they yeah. just yeah. had a hatchet in the they car they had a hatchet
4: in their car like yeah. extra hatchet, like oh, yeah. extra <laughs>
1: hatchet? Oh, yeah. you guys. never have <laughs> too many hatchets <laughs> yeah. on the east coast what else is in your car yeah I didn't More hatchets. I, I didn't awesome. know the east
4: coast of Canada got that rowdy oh yeah oh it gets quite are we well, talking about like Newfoundland or like this was in Ontario yeah I guess
5: not the yeah the Middle East was the college the Middle East I thought you
4: were in the East Coast. Well, you guys, so your your record, uh, Queen City Jubilee, was nominated for a Juno. Yeah. Uh, congrats. Thank you. Best, Thanks. was it Traditional Roots yeah. album? I think so. Um, we screwed mm-hmm. that up a lot. Sort of like, Traditional like,
1: <laughs> Roots album, yeah, Folk. whatever, yeah. Yeah, Traditional Roots album. That's like album. your, your, that's like your Grammy Awards, more or less. Yeah, yeah, is yeah. Grammy. Grammy's. Um,
4: And, you know, listening, you know, or looking at who was, Nominated and who won for best breakout artist. Yeah. I noticed that this band Washboard Union oh, won yeah. uh, best breakout artist, and they kind of look almost like a trio that plays acoustic bluegrassy stuff. Yeah. But it's like super tricked out, yeah. just straight ahead country pop. Yeah, right, you know, right. and in a very similar way sort of bringing these same old themes over and over again. You know, I got my truck, and I got you know, <laughs> right. my family, and, and we're, drinking, Never gets old. we're drinking a beer, and then we're going to church. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like these paint-by-numbers yeah, things. Exactly. <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Levi's, church, truck. Yeah. Those, are really, those are only really three numbers. Jeans. How, how yeah. many numbers are on?
4: Is there, I don't know. is there like a theme or a uh, sort of a paint-by-numbers thing that you feel like bluegrass falls into
1: too much sometimes? I also got a pretty sweet Toyota Tacoma, which <laughs> sing
5: about most of the time. Yeah. That's I, a good question. I, hmm. I kind of, you know...
1: Sometimes
4: like death or like... Death. You know, Trains like, are in there, you
3: know. There definitely train. is. And I, I've, I've... There's, you know, as you were talking about, there's all these different subcategories of bluegrass. And I find... Um, you You notice it most, like sometimes we when we have these rental vans we have the satellite radio and we'll listen to the satellite the, the bluegrass station there. bluegrass Junction and there's yeah, there's lots yeah. of good stuff but then there's also like you'll find those cat those those same patterns of, of you know pretty much you know coal mining songs and train songs yeah. and a lot of heartache and that kind of stuff and sure, yeah. uh and it, it they, there is a, a tendency to not stray from those patterns in or in order to be like you know if especially if there's like a non bluegrass band who's Who's playing a bluegrass song, then though it's like, oh, this is our this is our ticket, we sing about these things, and then all of a sudden it's a bluegrass song. And so yeah, there's definitely gonna be the same tendencies, I think, in bluegrass or around country.
4: Well, you have that song just to know about sort of I would cross the sea and mm-hmm. you know, the yeah. whole I would cross this whole land of glory yeah. just to know that I'm in your heart. Yeah. Right. And it's sort of these uh, these forlorn, impossible love songs mm-hmm. that I find yeah. happen in bluegrass a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, we're like, I know it's not really possible, but yeah. if it was, yeah. Yeah, exactly. you know, yeah, that would make my whole life complete. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but we know you it's know? never gonna happen, yeah. so. Yeah. Whereas, like, country, country music feels like it's almost like accepting or, like, trying to promote this one lifestyle as, like, yeah. or, like I'm happy where I am, and this is how it should be, Yeah, you
1: know?
5: Bluegrass is just acceptance of sadness. Yeah, yeah. it really is. Or aspirational, you know? <laughs> yeah. like, what, what
1: could be if... But, well, maybe if I didn't choose to be bluegrass yeah. yeah. Who wrote Just to Know? Uh, it was me.
4: What is the craziest thing that you have done for love? <laughs> uh-huh. And or to impress did, a lady.
3: Uh. <laughs> or, or a guy, I don't know. Or a or guy. Um, what is the craziest thing? I just went on a crazy random... Uh, European vacation <laughs> <It's true. laughs> someone I, oh, yeah. I met uh, just once on the road <laughs> really yeah and then decided to she go. convinced you yeah kind of yeah and so then we went to uh, flew into London and went to Berlin and uh, was it worth it uh, it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun we had uh, no details so. yeah
1: it was crazy top, <laughs> top, secret. Yeah, it was top, top secret top secret <laughs> that was pretty crazy though yeah uh, you yeah. met her
4: once and then she's like meet me in Europe yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That actually, that's a good answer. <laughs> what do you put it that way? Yeah.
3: Brutally honest. As yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> Are things going to continue? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Definitely not. But uh, they've already married. There's a
4: couple songs in there, I think. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> and when you guys come to the States, do you feel like some of the songs that you've been playing for years uh, have a certain mythology to them? You know? You know, you just sing about hollers and yeah. all this stuff. Where yeah. it's like, there's no hollers in Toronto. Yeah, like, you know, no I haven't found them. Does yet. it? Is there a certain bursting of the myth when you come down here and you see that a lot of the, the south is like strip malls and yeah. uh, right. Like, you there know, still like are dollar hollers.
1: Dollar stores. We yeah, hollers? Hollers? <laughs> got obsessed with hollers the first wait, time we wait, came down. Driving through North Carolina, like, oh, that's like well, there's a lot of hollers. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting. I almost feel like this might. This is probably a very show to show and tour to tour. But I kind of feel like we almost play less of the trad stuff in the states. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I feel like we kind of tailor the set list. Like
0: mm-hmm.
1: up in Canada, for example, when you're coming to see us, you might be coming to see the Slow Can Ramblers. You might also be coming to see a bluegrass show. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we are the bluegrass bands coming through town. There's like a bunch of good bands in Canada, but there's it's still like pretty limited. There's just not that many compared to in the states. So I feel like often in Canada we'll do our own stuff and we'll be more inclined to throw some really classic ones in the set because like. You're rolling into a town. There's a bunch of bluegrass fans. They never see bluegrass come through. So it's just it's fun for us to play real classics and fun for them to hear it. In the states, like for example, like we play like Merle Fest or any venues that do a lot of bluegrass. I feel like we lean towards more, more of the original stuff. And a lot of our original stuff is pretty bluegrassy. But sometimes we kind of ditch a few of the really like. There's for example, like there's going to be like five or six bands at any given moment in Merle Fest probably playing Dark Hollow.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's so like maybe we can do our own version of that and that's cool, but mm-hmm. maybe we don't have to. Maybe we should just throw our originals or our more obscure ones in the set and leave Dark Hollow for like a Canadian set when someone has, you know, never gets a chance to hear it. I kind of think we do that a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting to see how that happens. But I mean, it, it is also really fun. It's it's There's two sides to it. It's also really fun to come to the States because we're playing for audiences that know bluegrass. Like, mm-hmm. Um, there's no explaining as to what a mandolin is. They know what a banjo is, they know the style, they get it and they're super into it in that way. So Yeah, like when we, we did that
3: when we were playing at Merlefest, part of it yeah. was uh you do these school workshops and you go into the schools and, and you play for a bunch of kids and had a great time and you know, we kinda have we we've, we've done that a lot over the years and so we have a a bit of a, a routine that we do and Part of his like, you know, how many of you guys have ever seen a banjo before, or a mandolin, and you get one or two hands, and then like this time we're like, how many of you guys know what this instrument is? Every single hand goes up. That's you know? yeah, well, like a 20-minute like band- yeah, like, like, segment right there. Yeah, yeah the whole <laughs>
1: history of the banjo thing, okay, let's just ditch yeah. that. Yeah. Talk about uh, our prime minister. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs>
4: I mean, some of the stuff that you play, you know, is pretty fast. I mean, it's pretty like, you know, next level fast. Yeah. That, uh, you know... It's, you have to sort of have it be so intricately locked in, but also the beauty of Bluegrass is it sounds sort of rustic and and loose and and fun. Uh, How do you guys practice that to get the parts
2: fast and locked in? Uh, Well, each on our own, like a lot of individual just practicing, even on the road, like, well... If there's, like, we have a bit of a day off or something, we'll be practicing on our own. But we get together a lot and just put on the metronome and and crank it up and see how fast we can kind of get it before we're losing our minds. But, yeah, it's just constant constant band practice, constant practicing on your own and just always trying to kind of push it a bit. The
5: metronome
3: is a big part of it, I
5: think. Yeah. Yeah. I think also, too, over the years, like, I think we've always practiced with metronome. I think that's been a big part of what we do. But I think just, like, playing shows and gigs for, you know, like, being on tour for the last like six years, there's a certain kind of like natural thing that's happened. Like we were practicing yesterday and doing some metronome stuff and things just like feel better now in a way that they didn't like, you know, four years ago. And it's, I don't know if it's just like slowly getting used to all the intricacies of everybody's time feel or just like the physicality of just like doing it so much, but it's just kind of slowly over the years, things have kind of started to gel and those fast tempos have gotten easier, I think, and felt better. I
1: mean, it was yeah. funny yesterday. We did a big, yeah, big pre-tour metronome practice, and the fast ones were the easiest ones. The really fast tunes, like okay, that sounds pretty good. Let's move mm. on. The slower tunes, we spent a lot of time on. Yeah. That's, that's what is, people, I think, kind of, yeah. mid-tempo don't that's realize harder. is how
4: yeah. how actually difficult it is to sing soft. Yeah. Okay? yeah. And, and yeah, yeah, to yeah. play yeah. in time slowly. Yeah. 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 Most sure. people, oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Most people, it's like, yeah, let's play quieter, and then they just slow down. Like, for sure. Why did you slow down? Why are you speeding up when you're playing faster? But everyone has those tendencies. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, for, I mean, for the first, like, three years you're just becoming aware of those tendencies. Yeah. Then you can start to fix them. But uh, you don't even, I mean, most people have no idea, like, you know, we all teach, them. I feel like with every student, I ask them play choir, and they all slow down without realizing it.
5: Also, like, delivering a slow song, I mean, I feel like it's the easy trap to fall into, that it's, like, what if you can play Rippers and you want to, like, engage an audience, <coughs> it's just, like, the easy thing to do to get the crowd riled up, but, like, to, like, deliver that same kind of energy and kind of emote. The same way with like a slow tune or a soft tune and kind of like getting the same reaction as it was if you were just bashing out like a bunch of really fast bluegrass. It's, I think, much more difficult.
4: You know what? Since we have all the instruments in this room, I think we're going to have to demonstrate this musically.
3: <laughs> Play tune?
4: So I think we're going to, let's get the instruments out. Don't worry about the bass. Okay. Before we do the full song, I want to do a couple examples of this with the guitar, mandolin and banjo. Is that, is that cool? Yeah, we sure. can yeah. absolutely do
3: that. Sure.
4: For kids at home. <laughs> so, can you please demonstrate, if you can, the fast practice
3: versus the slow
4: practice? Yeah,
3: I mean, should we put a metronome on, or, like, how should we do it?
4: <laughs> yeah. Let's just get real technical okay, about it. Okay, well, let's yeah. get real
3: technical. This is what we do. We, we sit around... Th- one ninety. Uh, yeah, so one ninety. We'll, we'll make it uh, doable. Is one ninety <laughs>
4: the point of no return? I, know, I yeah, I can't <laughs> yeah. play near that fast.
1: One sixty. What do you got now? One sixty four.
4: This is the ner- don't put it too close to the point. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is the nerdiest thing that's ever happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like this is not cool. People
1: well, are gonna think that we're less cool now. Wow. Well, no, but this is this is this is yeah, this is yeah. important. We're cool. Just, uh,
3: yeah. So we just we'll probably just play one chord, like just one jam. Like one.
2: That's our excuse right now. You blast it. it. Nothing to do with the flame. That's quick. You a lot of
0: on But that's the funny
4: thing is that like, people see acoustic instruments and it's like, oh, it's gonna be like kind of quaint, quiet right. music. Okay. Like, just like the three views <laughs> like facing me. Sorry for blasting. It's me. so awesome, like and powerful. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, it's
2: just like fierce sound yeah. coming straight mm. at you,
1: you know? Yeah,
2: and when we add Al on the bass too, it just gives it that low end oh, yeah. drive, you know.
1: Yeah, that was a funny thing. Like growing up, especially like, you know, like acoustic you think of most people think of acoustic music and it has this. Of the opposite quality. It's like a little daintier. It's yeah. quite pretty. It's pretty open sounding. Yeah. And bluegrass is like dense and fast and bright and just like all that other the whole other side of the equation. The mandolin, like,
4: especially when you're not soloing, it has this sort of there's a bit of a thankless job in, in, in bluegrass that's so <laughs> essential. Wood up there, right? Where yeah. it's just like you are the the drummer is Yeah totally.
1: And yeah normally I mean normally the right hand like kind of subdivides like hear about that tempo it just becomes yeah it just whatever wood. yeah yeah i mean acoustic instruments are super percussive that's the cool thing about them in a way it's like they're all like just kind of like mid-range rhythm machines yeah and they can just pump out quarter notes and eighth notes and play really good rhythm and uh i mean the funniest thing that's happened to us like a bunch of times is like i've had people that I know who are pretty into music come up to me and say they love the drums on the album. (laughs) So, like, I had a buddy and he was like, dude, you guys took a whole different, like, approach to this record. Like, you got a drummer. Like, what made you do that? I think it sounds amazing, though. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. There's just no drummer on any of our albums. It's happened quite a few times. I think just the procrastinous of the mandolin, probably with the bass and everything all mixed in, it sounds like a drummer if you're not used to it. Well,
4: there's a special art to that in uh, acoustic music where there's this just bounding... Train going through the station yeah. thing. A lot of forward momentum. That you don't need drums, you yeah, know. Totally. Which is, yeah. and that's a very powerful thing. Is you could do it anywhere, yeah, mm-hmm. and it can just sort of be there and be super powerful. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. All right, so give me your slow practice.
3: <laughs> well, um, yeah, totally. This is one that we uh, we. It's been a long time. We we worked on the metronome too, but also we found um, one of the things about these kind of songs is if it's so vocal driven, is to really just l- l- because you there is no drummer and there like you actually have the ability to sort of fluctuate uh, with certain phrasing. And so this is one that we kind of came to the conclusion that uh, we could sort of just follow whoever's singing, and uh, and then you get this really kind of elastic but really nice feel to it. So this is his old Don Stover song I was hearing that uh, I wanted to put on the record. And uh Yeah it was it was it was challenging for us to get this up right. It seemed to be-
4: <laughs> yeah it's like there's so much restraint in the, yeah. in, in <laughs> yeah, the slow ones you,
3: you want to
2: speed up yeah. yeah
3: it's nice to you know the thing is um, like the, I guess the traditional bluegrass outfit is uh, what we have the guitar bass mandolin and banjo and then also there's a fiddle that's usually in that in mm. that instrumentation and so um, playing those slow, slow songs I always find you, you actually you, you really notice that the fiddle's not there because those long tones of uh, can can really you know oh beef gosh. up a lot of those songs. Um, so it's been a fun challenge for this band is really finding those the tonal qualities and the f- sort of function of that instrument or whether it's a dobro or something else, uh, and trying to replicate you know what it's doing or replicate the function of what it's doing and see if we can do that. So when we're arranging, oftentimes if there's a feel that we've heard that we really want to apply to a song. You'll play and you'll be like, oh, okay, what is the fiddle player doing here as long tones? Well, maybe we can substitute like bowed bass, or maybe mm-hmm. we can substitute, you know, tremolo on the mandolin and trying to sort of patch it together with what we have. And, and that's always kind of fun problem solving.
4: So, yeah. since you guys are very pleasant Canadians, uh, <laughs> I've come yes. into a large American city here. Thanks. So. I figure that. We should try something. Oh, I saw no. these earlier and I'm glad that's they're very, very now. American and very crass. But we're Let's gonna do, do it, right. it as a creative springboard. Okay. So we're gonna take one person at a time a card from Cards Against Humanity. <laughs>
3: okay.
4: And you're gonna compose on the spot a solo or a small piece based on this card. Okay? Just out of your brain and your instrument. So we're starting the guitar. Sure. And the first card is 50 milligrams of Zoloft. Zoloft. I think that's, what is it, antidepressant? (laughs) Probably
2: something like... (laughs)
4: Spanish, so loved. Alright, on the mandolin, we're gonna do so <coughs>
1: sperm whales. Sperm whales? Oh, man, Good luck, bud. <laughs> I think your mandolin goes that low. Woo! <laughs> 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 <laughs>
4: Yeah, it's beautiful, my, yeah. beautiful sperm yeah. whale.
1: I had a bit of a on Sperm whale was definitely on zola. Yeah, that right. was <laughs> on a very doped up sperm whale. And
4: on the banjo, Uh-oh. hot cheese. Hot oh.
1: cheese,
3: oh. oh hot okay. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Oh,
4: All right, going back to the guitar. All right. All round. round two. These have been too tame so far. <laughs> yeah, I know. On the guitar, we're going to try <clears throat> getting crushed by a vending machine.
2: <laughs> That's pretty good. That's,
4: That's like, good. like maybe at a, at a metal show.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I like picture it happening, at least.
4: There's this venue, <clears throat> uh, I think it was in Cleveland, where the vent, the vending machine they have in the lobby just sells condoms and, like, douches and tampons <laughs> oh. and, like, STD preventative devices.
5: Yeah. We saw one with a pregnancy test in once. it once. We took like Doritos.
1: Yeah. A ballpoint pen.
5: <laughs> and a pregnancy test. And a Where pregnancy
1: was it? test. Uh, that was in a small Medicine. town in Alberta. Medicine Hat, Alberta. Oh, wow. Ten- Medicine Hat's a cool town. That was a good bar, too. Marios. <laughs> 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 it wasn't really a good bar, actually. No, it wasn't. <laughs> a lot of people. Lot this was edge, really uh. This great, there was this guy who was this really drunk enormous guy, like, just kept p- falling over and passing. At one point he just fell over and passed out, and then Frank helped him up, which was nice of Frank. Uh, he-, he had awesome. no socks on, and Frank yeah. kind of touched his foot and, like, <laughs> took this man's on. foot, like, into the shoe. It's very, really, like, Christian moment yeah. 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 for In, In Medicine Hat? In Medicine Hat, yeah. yeah. And some guy tried to follow me around the bar, and I I was on my phone and didn't know who he was. Mario's
5: Pub. Mario's, Mario's pub. pub. It was a good night. God bless.
4: Man. It was amazing. We played up in Alaska in January. Oh yeah. In uh, and, f- and it was sixteen below zero yeah. in, in Fairbanks when we flew in. It was pretty cold. And we were like, let's try to take a an Uber into town. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> and there was like one guy, you yeah. know, okay. d- driving Uber, and he was a a native Alaskan guy. Yeah, interesting. And you know, he looked like a sumo wrestler, like you know. And he was wearing a tank top and shorts. No. Yeah. In his SUV. Yeah. <laughs> 16 below zero. And he's like, oh, I'm from up north. This is like not that cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Right. Fairbanks is down south. That's yeah. 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 right. so Saudi weird. He's, he's like, this is super right. easy. Yeah. 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 He's like minus 40s. All
4: right. Who's next?
1: <clears throat> oh, I'll be the one, I guess.
4: No, that's too easy. All right. Mandolin sitting on my face and telling me I'm garbage.
3: Whoa. Bluesy, sexy moment there.
4: <laughs> All right, back. To I the thought the these p-
1: were supposed
3: to be weird cards. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah, these are like very friendly cards. Maybe it knows you're Canadian. <laughs> it does.
3: <laughs> I think it's sparing us.
4: <laughs> okay, banjo. Waking up half naked in a Denny's parking lot. Oh so, man. Oh, oh, you got first Where first you would nice. buy oh, hot oh, cheese? Oh, yeah, hot cheese. We can't let the bass player be off the hook here. Yeah, you gotta He's do got something here. here. I just—I don't, don't have an instrument.
5: Yeah. No, sorry. Sure. You're
4: gonna—we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it just out out of your your brain waves here. Okay. Okay. So, it is. So when I say this card, you're okay. gonna tell me exactly the thing you think first. Okay. okay? Without hesitating. Oh God! I Can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's at least see what it was. Then. That would just be real offensive. Okay, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm... okay, and kissing grandma on the forehead and turning off her life support. <laughs>
5: <Whoa>. <laughs> Hard to do? I don't know, yeah, that's a...
4: Is your grandma... Any grandma still around? I
5: don't, you know what? I, uh, both my grandmothers are past. I did not... I guess one was p- passed before I was alive, and the other, I did... K- Kissed her while she was alive, but I never turned off her life support. And, uh, yeah. You're a monster. Yeah, I'm a monster. She was a wonderful lady. I still love her. What was the
4: coolest thing about your grandma that you can remember?
5: Um, you know, she was uh, she was Scottish, so she lived... My, my dad's from Edinburgh, uh, so I only ever met her a few times in my life, and she always... Did she have a cool brogue? She had a great accent, and she the funniest thing was she always used to go on about my Canadian accent. She'd be like, Alistair, you've got such a cute Canadian accent. I don't have an accent, but she, uh, yeah, she used to bring me down because I would I went and visited her when I was you know kind of in like high school or whatever and uh, by myself and and uh, yeah she would always take me out to the pub she'd take me out in the afternoon you'd go get a Mars bar everybody in Scotland loves Mars bars and then in the evening we'd go down to the pub and I'd have a beer and she'd <laughs> tell me stories I was like this is good I like this Mars bars oh, yeah. Mars bars and then the pub you know covering all the spectrums yeah good combo yeah that's a winning combo I want to. uh Reiterate that I did not, yeah, have anything to do with any life support. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
4: This is too much fun. We're going to do one more in there. That okay. That's it. Okay. Right. Going back around, starting guitar. All
0: right.
4: And this... I have to film this for social media because it's too fucking fun. Okay, so what we're doing with the slogan Ramblers is a uh, stream of consciousness jam instrument by instrument using as a creative springboard... Cards against humanity cards, because it's the most rude American thing possible for very pleasant Canadians. So we're gonna go a guitar jam based on self loathing. Man,
2: <laughs> self loathing what... moment, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. Yeah, is that the song? I just don't play anything <laughs> yeah. and feel bad for Does myself. You hate yourself? It might sound a lot like Spanish uh, Zola or whatever. <laughs> self loathing. <laughs> I
0: don't
4: know <laughs> <laughs> what what is the song that you would put on when you're in the worst mood to get you
2: pumped up uh, Cheer yourself up. Whole lot, of Rosie. <laughs> whole, whole lot of Rosie by ACDC. I have this envision, you know the song? No. It starts off and it's just like, then okay. it's Bon Scott monologuing for a bit, but there's just this wicked riff off the top, and I always picture Frank walking into a pool hall hustling people, and the song comes on. With Da-na-na-na. six minutes to live. <laughs> yeah,
3: exactly. There we go. Yeah, that's a good public song.
2: We also are really into the song called Bob by Weird Al Yankovic. Oh, yeah. And it's all palindromes. It's amazing. Check out the lyrics. It's hilarious. Mm. Give us a
1: few, like, UFO <laughs> tofu.
5: <laughs> uh,
2: uh, yeah. Uh, there's a line that's like...
5: Hang um, a salami on the lasagna. <laughs> yeah.
2: Just, you gotta listen to the song. I love that uh, he had the number one
4: album in the States, like, last summer. Like, really? With, yeah, really? like... You know, I guess that is maybe a comment on the weirdness of the music industry right now, but, like, enough people, like, love Weird Al that he was like, I can't believe it. I'm the number one pop artist in the country right now for, like, one week, you know? Well, how long has
1: his career been? Like, how many? Like, three decades? Oh, yeah. Maybe pushing four? It's it's amazing, actually.
4: All right, one more. Let's see. So...
1: It's all you. It's all me. I don't know. Hot cheese was pretty good.
4: Yeah. Okay, so the next one is uh, the mandolin, and we're going with peeing a little bit. Hey, <laughs> okay, it <that> didn't work. One <laughs> second.
0: Damn it.
4: Okay, the next card on mandolin will be. A little, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit.
1: That's all you get. That's all you got.
4: Okay, last one on banjo. Okay. Finally, our last one on banjo. Uh, this one will be men discussing their feelings in an emotionally healthy
0: way.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Pretend you've done that. Yeah, I've <laughs> <this> channel. <laughs> Got this guy
4: one more. Okay, yeah, all right. yeah, yeah, I'm good,
3: I'm good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel like you did earn the key for your keep your last one. It's true,
4: it's true. Alright, should we finish off with a, a full song?
3: Sure. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what song are you gonna leave us with? Should like they call me long gone or something? Yeah. Well, I'll we'll just do a fun one to leave you with. This is one that I got again from Dave Evans, one of my favorite singers. And uh, it's called They Call Me Long Gone. <laughs> do me a favor,
4: face. Away oh yeah, fair banjo. enough. <laughs> <Maybe not. laughs> There they go now, Toronto's finest, the Slocan Ramblers. You can go to slocanramblers.com for their music and their tour dates. That's S-L-O-C-A-N-Ramblers.com. They're playing some wonderful festivals in Canada. Uh, The Blue Skies Music Festival, August 3rd. The Forest Festival, August 15th. The Shady Grove Bluegrass Festival, August 16th. Man, I love the names of these. The Nimble Fingers Festival in British Columbia, August 24th. If you go to thebluegrasssituation.com, you can actually find a stream of their newest record, Queen City Jubilee, and uh, they actually talk about how it came together. I love the story about how the zombie ended up on their cover. My group, Dust Bowl Revival, will be playing some wonderful festivals at the end of September, uh, including a kind of hometown show outside L.A. at the Huck Finn Jubilee on the 28th, and then uh, actually right before that we'll be at the Boats and Bluegrass Fest in Winona, Minnesota, and then starting in October, we are playing a month and a half straight in Europe. Holy guacamole, we've never done a tour quite like this before. Uh, We're going to be playing in the Netherlands, and Germany, and Belgium, and Sweden, and the UK. We're playing in London. Guys, if you haven't told your European friends about us, do me a favor. Playing to an empty room in a tiny town in the Netherlands, it sounds fun, but it isn't. It may seem like beating a dead horse, but I'm gonna say it one more time. If there's a band that you love, you love their songs, they mean something to you, but maybe they're not reaching a wide audience yet, tell your buddies about them. Tell your family about them. Send their records out into the world and have people listen on a road trip with you. It's a great way to experience the music. As the trees and the sky are going by, the music sinks into your brain and it makes you feel something. That's what it's all about. That's why I love driving. So Maybe you're listening to this right now in your car in Cleveland or in your front yard in Amsterdam. It doesn't matter. Do not wait to tell the world about the music that moves you because you know what? If you don't tell people, it may be gone. The Show on the Road is hosted by me, Zach Lupiton, and produced by the handsome Hawaiian Chris Jacobs with support from the Bluegrass Situation team. If you love the show on the road, please leave us a review or rating over at iTunes.com slash show on the road. Tell your friends, and also be sure to check out BGS's ever-growing collection of podcasts up right now on the BluegrassSituation.com. The Show on the Road is a part of the BGS Podcast Network. This is Zach Lubiton. See you on the trail.